Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime... Hills, whatever hills. Do Keep we going. Eat today, or do we let this guy fuck the corpse of our daughter? <laughs> <laughs> Did they not just sack him when they were like, someone's taking the bloody x ray? <laughs> Begins trying to preserve it in semen. Now the. <laughs> <laughs> A nice place to visit. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Drunk Women Solving Crime, and it is my pleasure to introduce our guest for this episode. It is the fantastic comedian, Angela Byrne. Hello! Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Let's do this. Yeah! We've been so excited to have you on. I'm just throwing that out there. We're always excited for every guest, but I've been extra excited. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, because I'm special. I just like you a lot. Okay. (laughs) You heard it here first. I like Angela Burns. (laughs) I'm not so keen. (laughs) It's good to have variety. Yeah, it's good. Well, that's what we were after balance. So it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) And of course, I'm here as always with the lovely Katie Wilkins and Hannah George. How are you guys? 
And I would like to give a huge thanks to Beer52, who sent no fewer than, I think, 60 beers yes. to the Drunk oh, Women headquarters. I see that as a challenge. A yeah. personal yeah. challenge. Challenge and accepted. <laughs> they are all one. in front of us. Oh, can, can we, we hear do, this? Do the sound effects. Yeah. Oh, I didn't nice. actually get it open first time. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you all went with it. Like, nice one, Hannah, she's Ooh. done it. <laughs> she hasn't. Right, one more time. We're not going to get a fist anymore, are we? No. Yay. <laughs> well, that was dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> They've sent us a great collection from their Balkans range. Yeah. Um, so what are you on right now, Hannah? How's it going down? Do you know what? You have to pronounce that. Yeah, this is literally <laughs> oh, all hello. in a sort of Cyrillic. Really nice. It's so pretty. And it's six percent, guys. Whoa! Yeah. Taxi for Hannah. <laughs> I've got one that's just called Garden Brewery Pale Ale. Yeah. I, was Yay. Yay. I am an ex Beer Fifty Two subscriber, and I'm only. I feel bad saying X. It's not like I left in a half or anything. Let's say. Let's say lapsed. A lapsed. Oh, a lapsed Beer Fifty Two. And this has reminded me that oh yeah, I used to be. A Beer 52 mm. customer, and now I need to get back into that stuff because okay. it's really good. Well, thank yeah. you, Beer 52, and thank you, Balkans. Angela, have you ever been the victim of a crime? I have. There's been a few little silly little crimes. Like, I got, I, I used to be a social worker in, um, oh. uh, in London, so I had yeah. a couple of, you wow. know, when you're a social worker work, walking across certain estates in London, you might as well have a hat on that says, I'm definitely a social worker. Wow, um, yeah. You know, so a couple of little muggings and things. But the wow. one that's happened most recently was I was on a tube. This was about two years ago. And I was on a tube and it was packed and, uh, and everyone was sort of jostling up against each other. And there was a guy next to me and it very quickly became apparent he was jostling up against me in a very different rhythm to that oh. of the train. And with a very specific part of his body. Oh. <laughs> Excited, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. And I always thought, right, I'd always say, God, if anyone did that to me, I'd kick him in the balls yeah. and shout, right? And I was really cross myself because I didn't. I just froze. Yeah. Right? I just couldn't, couldn't do anything at yeah. all. Just froze. And then eventually we got to a station and there was a woman, bless her, stood opposite me and she clocked what he was doing. We were at a station and she grabbed my hand and pulled me away from Ooh, him. Oh, and wow. I called him all sorts of names and he ran Amazing. off the train. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I was really shaken by it and I, yeah, I was really angry, but I was like, it was really stupid. I was angry with me for not responding properly, whatever that should be. But you know? no, it's not your fault because the fight or flight kicks in and you d- no it. one really knows how they're going to react until yeah. they're in the situation because it's I, very scary. Yeah, and it was just, you know, so I um, I sort of told my boyfriend what happened and told a, a friend of mine and my friend said, you should report it to the police. Like, right. And I did and they were really good actually. The British Transport Police were great and mm. um, unfortunately the CCTV broken, was broken on that oh. train. But, you know, but apparently, this is the thing that really got me. This is quite common on public transport. Yes. That these guys do that and that's what they do every day. Yes. Is go on. And, but the, the thing that annoys me most about it is the word for the, it's called frottage. Oh, yes, it is. Right. And I just think that's not a good enough word, is it? It's a no. sex attack. It's not yeah. fucking cheese. Yeah. yeah. It's not exactly. yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's, but it's true, isn't it? It's like frottage. That's not good enough. I want a better word yes. for it. Well, and that's one of those words that has has sort of persisted, but it yeah. really should be retired because sort of like hysteria. Although we've you know we've come to make it mean something else, but yeah. of course the origin is like oh women have a frustrated uterus, so they're Let's hysterical. Let's call it coercive penile um, something. Uh, there'll be a third word in there. Yeah. <laughs> this cp something because because like you need you need the verbs is it verbs you need the verbs to, to have the menace of the intention behind the crime don't you yeah. you need to accurately describe the malice 
and that you know get the impression Unwanted that this is yeah. penile assault yeah so that comes this that is comes on a spectrum a... that rape is at one end of so yeah. like right, it right, needs right. to be taken that's seriously things, like, you feel sort of like well it wasn't a, you know it wasn't it wasn't the worst of that spectrum but it was still no. horrible but yeah and also and that, it made me edgy on the tube after that that guy's you know, experimenting yeah. with what he can get away with yeah you know he's on that spectrum on his way to rape town push it? like when does that become not challenging enough do you yeah, know what I mean and exactly. what's the next yeah. I've made it all serious. I'm sorry. No, that's <laughs> right. It's amazing how much this has come up, and yeah. it's it's interesting, but very like mm. sad and confronting. But that thing of freezing has come up so much yeah. with people sharing stories, and I think we've just all experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us more about this this woman that stepped in. I, mean, I, I, yeah. I, I like wish her. I just knew who she was because she. I'd mm. obviously frozen, yeah, and I just couldn't quite. And then he was just doing it. And then she she just spotted it from across the. Wow. She just grabbed my hand and pulled me away yeah. and shouted at him. Wow! And he got off and then she was like, "You're right." And I was like, "Yes, I'm a bit." Yeah. And then I was terribly British about it and just uh, went, "Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine." And we sat down and she was, you know, and it was yeah. all. And I wish I'd gone, "You're amazing, thank you." What's yes. your name? Can you be my friend? <laughs> I wish I'd done that, but I didn't. So if she's listening, lady. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> thank you, Chupiro. Like, it would be amazing if she contacted and said, "I heard your story." Yeah, because she talks like that. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, because you're completely right. Like, people do freeze, and it's absolutely no reflection on you. No. Is it? It's like, of course you're gonna freeze. Yeah. So that's what I we need to do. Was, we need to be looking out for each other. There was something it, in my head that yeah. couldn't, that didn't want to believe that somebody would do that. You know, right. you spend, I, I think in my head I was sort of going, "You've got this wrong. You've definitely got this. There's absolutely no way this man would be doing." Uh, yeah. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. That, and you're sort of doing those calculations in your brain, and then yeah. when you realise, you're like, "No, he is doing it. No, he's definitely yeah. doing it." Yeah. You know, and all that while you're just not. Doing but anything. I think what's so terrifying about it as well is if he's prepared to break this social norm, what other what social else? norms exactly. is, he, is he ramping exactly. up to here? It's yeah. very threatening. The retort is always, why didn't you do anything? Yeah. And it's until you understand that state, yeah. you, you cannot speak well, it's like we always have that, that we, like we say about people that are in uh, domestic abuse relationships and think, oh, why don't they just leave? Mm-hmm. Why didn't she report it to the police? Yeah. Why didn't she, you know, yeah. and it's, well, because you we're not robots. No. <laughs> we respond yeah. how we respond. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So, the thing you yeah. said of like, I always thought I'd be the person in that situation who would respond this yeah. way, you know? Ugh. You have that narrative with yourself. Yeah, I wouldn't let a guy get away with that. I'd kick him in the balls. I'd do this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, turns out I wouldn't. <laughs> turns out I'd just stand there frozen. Yeah. Yes. You just yeah. don't know. One of the things that we do when people share a crime is yeah. we say, if that person, if that perpetrator were in the room, what would you say to him? He can be behind oh. glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hands where you can see yeah. him. Yeah. I think I'd give him the kick in the balls that I wish yeah. I'd given him at the time. I think mean, that's what I'd do. Just go, this is what I meant to do. Nice. You think you got away with it, but this is what I meant to do. Great. Was, and, um, that would be good. Yeah. Because I don't know if you can... It doesn't matter what you say to someone like that. I don't, it's not mm. like they... They didn't know it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can't sort of go, hey, oh, did you, you know that? How that made me feel like yeah. this? And then you'd be like, yeah, I know. That's why I did it. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm uh, wishing I hadn't chosen what? such a creepy case oh, now. We've got to work on the that name. Vibe. Coercive penile subterfuge. Something. <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> but I, I do think by it, the end of the episode think, and then yeah. listeners we'll hashtag it anyway continue <laughs> let's do this creepy case <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime ladies are we ready
ready to solve some true crime. Okay. Bring it on. Cheers. Cheers. Now, disclaimer, because Angela, we all know that you love Cold War stuff. Ooh. And I was like, let's find a great Cold War case. Unfortunately, there were no crimes committed during the Cold War. Yeah, none. We're all too busy, all too busy worrying about being killed in nuclear bombs. So, yeah. do you know what happened? Is I uh, looked for some like side crimes that were going on at the time, and the case that came up with this was this serial killer, and and I just couldn't stand it because it was so grim. And yeah. so the ironic thing is, then I chose this because this felt more cheerful. Oh, <laughs> okay. wow. So welcome to my it. mood. All right. Um, Ladies, we are here to celebrate the life of Carl Tanzler, a man who is not at all strange <laughs> and creepy. Um, so he was born George Carl Tanzler. Uh, any guesses based on that name where he might have been born? Tanzler. Yeah. George. What's his first uh, name? George. With, with no a, E. With no E. German. Nice. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. 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 Yes, Carl was born in Dresden, Germany. Um, there are few details known about his parents. We know that he had one sibling, a sister. Um, by all accounts, Carl was a very bright and curious youngster, and his childhood was pretty unremarkable, with one notable exception. Uh-oh. Later in life, Carl would refer to an incident in which he claimed that a long-deceased relative visited him. She revealed to him the face of a dark-haired girl whom he interpreted as being his one true love. He was uh, grew up to be a confident, persuasive, and very boastful young man. Uh, for instance, he claimed that his resume included nine advanced degrees. A very dubious He claimed. Mm. Yeah, a.k.a. a lie. That's a lot. That's like a stupid lie. I Who mean, has nine that would take degrees? You, nine degrees would take you 27 years, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Unless just, you're doing them concurrently. Yeah. The it's own, really silly no boasting. No one's going to yeah. believe that. A couple of questions, will that unravel that straight away? People don't even believe I have one degree. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the idea of nine. You, you almost get a little sense that he might be a little bit delusional. Yeah. 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 Anyway, he held a variety of jobs, jumped from job to job, uh, including boat building. He worked as an engineer, and he also traveled frequently to places including India, Italy, the South Seas, and Australia. Now, while he was in Australia... Um, and this is this is the question I'm going to ask. What time period do you think this was? While he's in Australia, he is put into prison by British military authorities for quote unquote safekeeping. Uh, <laughs> I know what a nice way of putting it. <laughs> um, and he is kept there uh, for three years until something ends. And then he is forbidden from going home, but he is shipped to a prisoner's exchange in Holland. Any idea what was going on at the so, time? See the World War One or World War Two when <gasps> German internment was going oh, on. Oh, Angela. So I'm a history nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so is it World it War One? It was the first World yeah, War. Yeah, that's because all Germans in Europe and yeah. Australia were interred. So if you were yeah. German, you were yeah. I mean, it's just locked up. Yeah, yes, and then yes. and forbidden to, uh, to return. Yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. he got sent to Holland, yeah. and then he's released. Um, and then he went to his mother, which is fine. I mean, anybody would. I said that like he went to his, his mommy. mother, mommy's boy. <laughs> yeah, it's just because I know the things that are about mommy, to happen. Sent to prison, <laughs> so unfair. So, um, when Carl, uh, so yeah, Carl was born in February eighth, eighteen seventy seven, and when he was in his forties, he got married. Uh, question. Did Carl marry the dark-haired girl in his vision, his one true love? Oh. 
He married in his 40s, mm-hmm. so he waited a long time. So he was to waiting find. for it. So probably yeah. yes, then. He yeah. probably. Oh, mind you, he spent a lot of time in prison, I suppose, yeah. where there weren't many long haired women. But then, like, <laughs> I mean, I, maybe I watch too much, like, Home and Away and Neighbours, but all Australians are blonde. So yeah. I kind of <laughs> feel like maybe he met a blonde Australian. Mm. Well, but, back, but he was back he, in Europe now. He's, yeah, he oh, was sent to Holland. Holland after. Yeah. And then he's in Germany again. And then, so he's in Germany. I reckon he held out for yeah. the. I reckon, so that's why he married Lane. He held out, but then still didn't marry her. Okay. Ah. I like all these guesses. I just thought it'd be interesting to see what he'd come up with. Um, no, he did not. He married Doris Schaefer. <laughs> Doris was not the dark-haired girl in his vision. And without wanting to spoil the story, poor Doris. Just the whole theme of this oh, is Doris. poor Doris. Um, they had two daughters, but the marriage was far from ideal, primarily due to his frequent travels um and they also lost one of their daughters to illness when she was just 10 um so a lot of stress going on at home but no problem for carl who sails off to cuba in 1926 without his family um and then emigrates somewhere else so where do you think he emigrates to from cuba almost certainly the u.s correct oh angela the way in, wasn't State. it? Before the 50, early 50s. Um, Florida, I would imagine. Yes, indeed. In Cuba. <laughs> so he lives in this town that I never heard of uh, called Zephyr Hills, Florida. Um, and I will post this because I thought, oh, I will Google the pronunciation of Zephyr Hills. And there, this first, <laughs> the first video that came up was the most disturbing thing I've ever heard. And I was reading through this case all freaked out. And it's this like robotic voice just going Zephyr Hills Zephyr Hills a nice place to visit Zephyr Hills so enjoy that is it a demonic possession we're talking about (laughs) just spare a thought for me like in my dark bedroom reading this case and then listening to that Uh, so he's gone without his family he ends up in lovely Zephyr Hills Florida question does Doris join him I think because of the fact she's almost certainly getting murdered in this story, I think she has to. (laughs) Unless he comes back and murders her. Ooh. Uh, Because he starts... Oh, maybe he's one of these guys, you know, like that have different families (laughs) all over the world. You know, has like... And then then they're going to find out, so he has to go back and... Kill. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think she did, and I think that he went and had a new family. Yeah. Mm, the answer is yep. She joined him. Poor oh. Doris. Poor Doris comes oh. along uh, with their daughter, but within a year, he leaves them again Fuck. and relocates to Key West, uh, which is a nicer part of Florida. No offense, Zephyr Hills. Zephyr Hills. <laughs> <laughs> now, at so this point. Does he point, get American citizenship? Is he just. Not like, yet. Yeah. Interesting oh, question. Okay. He doesn't get it till much later, okay. which uh, the point at which he gets it is funny. It was a lot easier to get it back then, apparently. Okay. Um, so, for, uh, for some unknown reason, I could not find out why he starts calling himself Von Kossel. <laughs> He just names himself Von Kossel and o- occasionally Count Von Kossel. <gasps> okay, I think we do know why. Mm. He's crazy. Is it the, the Von? Is it Kossel, C-A-S-S-E-L? No, I don't know if I'm... Oh, you can help me. You're going to know nah. this. Should I just hand this over to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, the Von in it. You know the Von denotes yeah. royalty. Yeah. So he obviously mm. thought he would get 
it would yeah. elevate his social yeah. Yeah. So Dita Von Yeah, she was from the, the regal She was burlesque tees. royalty. She was yeah. Queen yeah. Tees. <laughs> Legit. Wow. Oh my God. I love people that change their name and make themselves sound really fancy. Yeah. (laughs) It's my favorite. So if Vaughn denotes that, I feel like the count is like a little bit too far. Yeah. It's like, all right, mate. It's just like a title too (laughs) Reigning in. Count Vaughn Castle. Question. Did Doris join him in Key West? God, there's a pattern developing here. (laughs) If she's She's, going all the way She's not taking the hint, has she? She's following him again. But if he's changed his name, I wonder if that's a new start. So maybe... He's a count now. So. <laughs> He's got Suddenly count money. I love those counts in Key West <laughs> on Spring Break, man. We have just sit in a bikini and talk to the counts. She does join him. Oh, oh Doris. Doris, Doris take you know the what? hint. To be fair, Doris, well done on finding him because he's going to effort to get rid of you now. <laughs> and you're so still, tenacious, yeah, Doris. Tenacious, tenacious. She knows what she wants. tenacious D. <laughs> <laughs> Carl gives up and just stays there and Doris is there and it's all fine, sort of. He takes a job as a radiological technician at a U.S. Marine hospital. Uh, question, did his colleagues like him? The count that happened to, happens to he, work yes, in radiology. radiology. <laughs> and where did he, is that one of his degrees? With his nine degrees, yeah. Um, yeah right. I, can I, you just rock up and be a radiologist? I mean, I don't think everyone should have to be popular all the time, but I'm going to go with no. They thought he was a stone-cold weirdo. Yeah, I go think they say they thought he was weird. And also yeah. because and at that time they would distrust Germans probably. Oh, yeah, Between the wars, isn't it? Been They're probably like, yeah. yeah, you're Germans, you're probably... Oh, you're that's smart. a very good point. Yeah, What's then... it like being so smart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you walk down the street, do you see different things than I do? <laughs> Um, they didn't like him, uh, and again, who knows, maybe some of them thought he was weird, but they apparently, when spoken to later, said he was very opinionated and egotistical. <laughs> so now we need to introduce to the story a woman named Maria Elena Malagro de Hoyas Mesa, and apologies for pronunciation. Why the fuck did I take French and not Spanish? <laughs> so anyway, she was born on July 31st, 1909 in Key West, Florida, um, Elena was a strikingly attractive Cuban-American woman with luxurious dark hair. Yeah. Uh-oh. And, She's the one. <laughs> and just quoting, because I didn't write this bit, and an appealing shyness. <laughs> just, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, because women shouldn't talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mure, that's what... Question, did a man or a woman write this account? Yeah. The twist is that Taylor wrote it herself. Yeah. <laughs> so she was the middle of three daughters. Uh, her father was a cigar maker. Um, her mother stayed at home. And then it said, Elena had a beauty that didn't go unnoticed. It's like, okay, we get it. Oh, like, don't no romanticize. She was fit. Move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, her, her bosoms wouldn't quit with that. Yeah. <laughs> so early marriage was customary among the Cuban-American community. And Elena married uh, Luis Mesa in 1926 at the age of 16. Uh, do you think that the marriage lasted? What do we think became of this couple? Well, um, I mean, you've set it up like it didn't last. Yeah. I know. I've, I've asked the most leading questions in this yeah. episode. Sorry. I, I'm going to say it didn't. I mean, 16 is young. And also this German dude is about to cause about havoc. About to cause havoc. Yeah. So. You guys have great logic. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got freaked out by the YouTube video. Okay. It was hard to write the questions <laughs> after that. Um, no, sadly, Elena has a miscarriage. And Luis, again, I'm just going to quote it because this cracked me up. Elena has a miscarriage. And Luis, for unknown reasons, abandons his young wife and moved to Miami. 
that's how we know a man wrote this like for unknown no reasons. reasons no it's misogyny yeah <laughs> <laughs> but all right so like she self that crime yeah so she is heartbroken um and in 1930 um elena's mother's very worried about her because uh, her she's fallen ill she's not sure what's wrong with her so she brings her to the marine hospital for treatment um She's examined and diagnosed. What do you think she was diagnosed with? Is it this time? some infection related to the miscarriage or something? It is not. No, no it's going to be question. hysteria yeah, or something. Yeah. Is this where ah, she meets him? Yes. So is it I radiology? radiology? Cancer. What else no, do you have radiology? Well, X-rays, I guess. So X-ray, broken leg. What was a really common no, disease frogs. that at that time did not have a cure? Typhoid. T. B. Oh, it's tuberculosis. Ah. Yeah. Do you remember what it's like being in your 20s? I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So she's diagnosed and apparently Count Von Kossel sees Elena across the way and is immediately convinced, oh, this is the woman. This is the woman from the vision that I've been waiting Did for. Did he see been... her x-ray first? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what an appealing shyness she oh, has. That's the ickiest oh. part of this whole thing. I know, so it far. actually yeah, is. It really Whoever is. wrote and this wiki really article, shy. you are the problem. Icky article. <laughs> Um, so he becomes obsessed with saving her life. Uh, question. He convinces his superiors. Remember, he's a persuasive guy. He convinces his superiors at the hospital uh, to let him do what? Take her home to recover. Convalesce at his house. Oh, close. Very close. Very close. Any other? Any it's other all getting stabs? a bit savile, isn't it? It's, it's very much that territory yeah. does, does he convince them to let him like take over her case or something absolutely yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah even though he's not qualified to do this oh gosh um, but he's a man so yeah. same thing. and he's got those nine <laughs> he's got those nine degrees guys yeah. he's desperate to save her life so yeah. the best way of doing that is to let someone unqualified him be in charge of her ca- like he's just like sentenced her to death sooner like mm. it's so illogical even for himself I men just don't have imposter syndrome, do they? Have the opposite of what it's like. Any job, I can definitely do that. Whereas yeah. me, the job jobs I have, I don't think I can do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yeah. like when men are like, yeah, I can definitely do that, and I can do that and that as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <sighs> this is the most extreme case of that we've ever found. <laughs> so yeah, so he, um, so she's she's sent home, not his home, uh, but he has access to her, and he starts making these homemade elixirs and just mixing herbs and god knows what 
tonics to try to treat her. Mm. Um, in addition, he stole equipment from the hospital, so he stole an X-ray machine. How the fuck? What? Because that? <laughs> that yeah. they were obviously micro X-ray machines in the 30s. <laughs> they were yeah. fucking massive. That's a room, right? I know. I was really yeah. confused by that because I thought it literally was a room. It's, yeah, and somebody must have never wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but it said, That's "Yeah, he stole an X-ray machine, which he installed in the De Hoyos home." And also, can we just picture this poor Cuban American family with this guy who I will show you a picture of him later. He looks exactly like Sigmund Freud, which is oh. just just a fun little fact. So this guy that they're obviously trusting, he's older. He's like posing as a doctor. He's a count, and he brings this big machine into their house. Like super <sighs> dangerous as well. Yeah, that's super gonna, dangerous. Everyone's going to get cancer that's been anywhere near this machine. Yeah. Like, not meant to have that many x rays. No, mm. they're tiny like, little house, presumably. Actually, yeah. yeah. Katie, they all turned into superheroes. Oh, <laughs> damn. And this is where the story gets pretty crazy. Oh, well, thank God. Um, so he's being inappropriate all over the place. He's showering Elena with expensive gifts. Um, do you think that Elena reciprocated his feelings? Did she have feelings for him? Well, if she thought that he was helping her, maybe Mm. she'd have that sort of... I think she's going to be traumatised from the loss of her baby and her husband. Mm. I don't think she's looking for love. (laughs) But I think she would... Someone someone comes along when you're vulnerable and says they're going to save your life. Yeah. Do you know what? I always think... I'd like to be in a relationship whereby my boyfriend saw me in a dream years ago and had to find me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to ask my boyfriend when I get home, did you have uh, me in a dream? I would have beauty. a mile. And not just because I'm imagining whatever goes wrong now. That would be yeah. the creepy... It'd be like, what the fuck is wrong you know, with you? Super hot. What if you don't live up to the girl in the dream? Then it's yeah. going to be somewhere your fault, isn't it? It's yeah. so oh, I'll the, girl, to her. the girl in the dream would never say, say that. that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. That would be the super... Super most creepy thing ever. Like even yeah. even short of an actual vision, like I would hate anybody having any premonition about me. No. Even like a, I always wanted to meet a girl just like you. It's like no 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 no. no. Anyway, <laughs> did, was Elena hot for this creep? No, she wasn't. <laughs> Why? Well, she's got TB. She's been abandoned by her husband after a miscarriage, and a creepy old man is hitting on her. He doesn't have a medical degree. <laughs> when you degree. put it like that, and, he, and she's coughing up blood. No, the reason I asked it is because as I was reading, I was like, oh, who knows? Like, how, which way is this gonna go? Uh, so. Elena dies on October 25th, 1931. What is her cause of death? A meddling psychopath? Yeah. <laughs> her official cause of death or her actual cause of death, are they different official. things? Uh, TB? Dr- drowning in her lungs with TB. Elena mm-hmm. died of TB. Oh, yeah. um, Carl... oh no, he's going to do something to her body, isn't oh, he? <clears throat> oh, this is where it does oh. get Savile. Oh, no. So Carl insists on paying for all the funeral expenses... And he hires a mortician to embalm oh. Elena. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. This is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> he also persuades her family to allow him to purchase a costly stone mausoleum for her. Uh, but he's the only one who owns the key. No. That old no, guy. No, 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 no. What kind of family says yes to that? It's, a poor one, I guess. Okay. Oh God, the choices that he's yeah. persuasive. He's <laughs> I see, just do keep we going eat today or do we let this guy fuck the corpse of our daughter? <laughs> 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 but that's the choice, right? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. going to be the best sentence anyone's ever said. <laughs> well, that leads us on to this bit of information, which I couldn't make heads or tails of, that for some reason Elena's mother gives him some of her hair that she'd kept. Oh. So she of, had Hel- a- of Helena's hair? Yeah, of so Helena's hair. So he's got Helena's hair. He's yeah, got- so he has, like, tons of her hair, <laughs> just to add to it all. Uh, so he starts making regular visits to Elena's corpse for two years his visits continue but uh locals start spreading some rumors um not really rumors just saying what they saw (laughs) um so the rumors are spreading this causes the hospital to finally terminate his employment also, did they not just sack him when they were like, someone's taken the bloody x-ray machine? Number <laughs> <laughs> two, the could X-ray it be? Machine. Oh, it's the guy that none of us like. Hey. <laughs> it's the guy yeah. that none of us like who has now got the keys to a dead woman's tomb. Yeah. <gasps> so what does Carl do next? Well, Elena's in the mausoleum. Carl doesn't have a job. Does he just move in with her? Oh, he becomes, <laughs> oh. He becomes the groundskeeper. <laughs> <laughs> does he... <laughs> Then he can see her all the time. He becomes a cemetery caretaker, basically. Does he yeah. steal the body? Yes. Okay. <gasps> what? It's yes, just what does. I would do. <laughs> Take out the middleman. The middleman being a journey to the mausoleum. Yes, he takes the body. Oh. Um, what does he use to transport Elena's corpse from the mausoleum to his home? I'm sorry. I mean, um, how do you carry a... I mean, how, how did he carry the x-ray machine? Whatever contraption hey, we were he in used. the 30s, right? So he might have a car. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Did, he didn't, like, give her a piggyback or something. Like, he just oh, God, carried he her she home. she was alive and drunk and he... Like... And then weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> yeah. That's the... No, he... He uses. A... I'm so sorry. I'm laughing because it's so uncomfortable. Like yeah. he's resourceful. He can persuade people to anything, and this is the best he can come up with. He used a child's wagon to transport her oh. body from the mausoleum oh. to his home. Did he just it. walk through the streets saying "penny for the guy"? And <laughs> yeah. What's his cover story? Yeah. Now? That's insane. Okay, and then it gets even darker. So he brings the body home. He begins trying to preserve it. Um, In semen. Now the... (laughs) In the article where I read this, they suddenly did like Daily Mail style bullet points. They're like, here are the ways he tried to preserve her body with bullet points. It's a a fun list. But Um, she's already embalmed. So that's not working out for him. He has to then do extra stuff. But she's been in there for two years. Okay. Okay, so he uses wire to fortify her skeleton. He replaces her eyes with glass orbs. Um, He mixes plaster and waxed fabric to replace her skin. He fills her body cavities with rags. Um, Or just, you know, (laughs) taxidermy. He fashions a wig from the salvaged hair that Elena's mother would give her, and he used disinfectant, formaldehyde, and perfume to try to mask... Oh, oh my god. god. Do you know what weirdly like I hope my boyfriend does this when I die. <laughs> you know what? I think he will. Such a, ro- <laughs> such a romantic. Kind of Placed her in his own bed. Oh. <sighs> the rumors oh. continue. Where's Doris? <clears throat> <laughs> I hope she's, she's not there. So they're separated at this oh, point. Oh, they did separate. Yeah, but she's still in Florida. The rumors continued. They're not rumors. I need yeah. to rewrite this article. Mm. This is my new goal. Um, including people reporting that Van Kossel was dancing with a giant doll. 
Um, they also said that he was building an aeroplane in which he planned to fly himself and Elena to the stratosphere to rejuvenate her. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? <laughs> yeah. Fly me to the moon. It's going to take more than a trip to the atmosphere to rejuvenate a two-year-old corpse. Yeah. Look, he's got nine degrees. <laughs> You're right. What do I know? So people were suspecting that he was sleeping with Elena's corpse. Authorities... Um, uh, suspected necrophilia and subsequent examinations appear to have confirmed it. <laughs> so Elena's sister witnesses uh, Elena's corpse in the doctor's home, so she notifies authorities who promptly arrest him. On what charge? Being creepy? Mm. Mm. Uh, theft? Sex Is outside of like? marriage? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have, we're gonna have to see a marriage certificate. <laughs> um, this is a good Catholic girl. <laughs> rape? Yeah, messing mm. with the dead. Yes, messing with the dead huh. is yeah gravesite desecration. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so the, this goes to trial as it, as it should. Um, and Carl Tanzler, uh, the trial attracts overflows of crowds. It was just a media circus. Uh. It was crazy. Um, when he took the stand, Tanzler was unapologetic, again, just declaring his undying love and devotion for Elena, telling Huge. the story of the vision. Yeah. <laughs> I actually feel like I might be a little bit sick. Oh. Does he go He's down? gotta go down. I guess there's a lot of evidence, right? Surely he can't. I don't see what he can plead to get out of that. Oh. Welcome to the law. Unfortunately for the prosecution, the statute of limitations had expired oh, no on the crime of grave desecration because he had kept the body in his possession preserved for seven years. Seven years! So he gets off on a technicality? Because it's not seven years since he stopped messing with it. It's seven still years, got it. Seven years yeah. since he nicked it out of the grave, but it's only ten minutes since he stopped fucking it. <laughs> so that, so that, so that, but the charge was graveside desecration, not but, fucking the corpse. That but does the, the corpse not part of the gravesite if he's still desecrating it? Right, Ooh. good question, and apparently not. Okay, which is why this case is Ooh. insane. Oh, that's why this case is insane. Oh, oh, now, oh glad you pointed yeah. it out. Yeah. Taylor. I was yeah. down yeah. with I was it before. Then. Any, uh, When's this going to get crazy? Yeah, if, if <laughs> I was promised crazy. <laughs> if you're listening and you are a necrophiliac, we've just. Uh, Found a loophole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that you probably that. have to go back to the 1930s to be able to make use of it. <laughs> oh, and the courts dropped all charges. Question: Does Doris take him back? Oh no! no! I bet she bloody does. Tenacious D. I, I feel like she doesn't have high self-esteem. Yeah, I exactly. feel really bad for Doris. If she, ta- please don't take him back, Doris. I, d- I mean, I want to go back in time and say, Doris, there are other guys, yeah. but I reckon she does. Oh, I don't think you'd ask the question if she didn't. Well, yes and no. They live separately for the rest of their days, but very close together, and she looks after him. Ugh. Um, no. Doris, you're complicit. Fuck you. <laughs> Doris. Oh, Doris. <laughs> Following the trial, the local funeral parlor displayed Elena's body, where thousands of morbidly curious people paid a dollar <gasps> to file past her remains. Who got that money? I don't know. I'm guessing her family, but maybe not. Probably, no, probably, probably the funeral cut, went to the parlor. That's and... fucking sick. So after this little sideshow, her family buried her in an unmarked grave. 
Um, Carl Tanzler died in July 1952. Ugh. Um, and perhaps a fitting end. His body wasn't discovered for three weeks. Doris oh, so had given up. Doris, <laughs> good on you, All Doris. Right, good on you, Doris. <laughs> yeah, empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and among his remaining possessions was a life-size replica dummy of Elena. <gasps> oh my god! He learned nothing. <laughs> he learned nothing. That's dark as shit. Yeah. Good times, great times. I suppose times. he didn't kill her. Let's look at the bright side. He didn't kill her. I think he kind um, of did. Never believe your visions. That's what I always yeah. say. When did Doris die? Did she not Doris didn't die till 1977. So oh, I like Doris wins. <laughs> I like to think that maybe she had like a good 20 years that she was like, well, I put that behind well, me. Yeah, that yeah. was an awkward relationship. I mean, because the last thing you want to do <clears throat> as a lover of that guy is die before him. See, what she should have done was... <laughs> <laughs> She should have robbed his body out of the grave and see how you like it. Oh, but he was finally made a U.S. citizen. After? So... Now you can't even be a citizen if you're a Muslim. Yeah, you can be a grave robber in the 30s. Yeah. Different times. Different times. To Doris. Drunk women solving crime. Now, our last bit is we solve a listener crime. So, dear drunk women... Uh, the coldest of cold cases happened 15 years ago when I was studying in France during my university year abroad. I was living in halls, the grandly named but shabbily furnished residence Philippe Le Bon. <laughs> Isn't that the guy from Duran Duran? <laughs> Simon, Simon. Oh, Simon. Uh, it's his brother, Philip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Philippe. I'd gone for a shower before a big night out. It was my birthday. As the shower was along the corridor, I walked there with my trainers on and left them outside the cubicle door. Oh, I see uh. where this is going. They were pale blue retro Adidas trainers <gasps> with gum brown soles. Mm, they were my pride and joy and the pivot upon which my indie chick aesthetic turned. I love this person. <laughs> However, when I came out of the shower 10 minutes later, my beloved trainers were gone. I looked up and down the corridor, but there was corridor, but there was no sign of my shoes. The cleaning lady was among was along the hall, sorry, and I asked if she had picked them up, but she shook her head. No. <laughs> I was sure it was a birthday joke by one of my friends and that my shoes would be returned later on, but when I asked them, they said they didn't know anything about it. I thought this was all part of the joke, but three months later, I left France for good. Sans chaussures. <laughs> That's so embarrassing because I've said that I took French. <laughs> Sans chaussures. There we go. Can you help bring me peace? I am also worried Brexit will mess up the extradition policy for shoe thieves. <laughs> oh. but there's like a Cinderella thing going on there. You need to uh, find out who's got your shoe yes. size. Um, yeah, that's probably still at least one fifth of the population. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do we know anything about this woman? Because the thing is, I've got feet of a size by which, uh, like, a man or a woman could. Same. So yeah. I'm an eight. Oh, yeah. I'm an eight. Yeah. I'm an eight. Me too. Mm. Yeah. yeah. My dad was only a six. My feet were two sizes bigger than my dad's. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. My first question about this was: Was this an opportunist who saw it? And took the chance, or had they been stocking these shoes for a while? Ooh, in which case, for their moment. yeah. In which case, were they in her group? Do you know what I mean? But then, you, you if, if they were in her group, then you'd never be able to wear them. True, Good like point. you'd steal them, yeah. but you'd have to hide them. True. Mm, so I reckon if somebody walked past and went, "They're cool. I'll have them." Right. 
a random opportunist. Yeah, I think like, so. Who just happens homes, to have the same guess, size feet. I mean, like, uni, uni halls can vary wildly. Like, they can be huge. But you still, mm. you wouldn't be able to wear them in the building. Yeah, you'd still go, hey, they're my shoes. Are they my shoes? Yeah. But, but then but, how would you prove, I suppose, yeah, what would you do? Go not, up to everyone with the same shoes, going to think you've got my shoes on? Like yes, they, until you find them. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Angela, you'd say, tu as Excuse-moi. Je demande mon chasseur. Do you know what? We do oh, have some so listeners good. in France, so this is yeah. awful. For <laughs> oh, so so not anymore. <laughs> that just spiked. But like when I was... Uh, when <laughs> Come I was for a... the necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> Stay for the French. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was at uni and I was staying in halls, like literally you had to have like a kind of fob that you get in the first door, a key for the next door and the key to your flat. So part of me thinks this mm. is a fucking inside job. You um, see, I was in halls in the mid '90s. We were not that security conscious oh, when I was yeah, in halls. I, know. I was <laughs> never in lived the, anything the late '90s to the early 2000s, and I could break into my dorms with a credit card, and I was really proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Would be. In fact, That's access badass. is so annoying that we um, every fridge in the kitchen in the corner oh. had a padlock on it. And my friend Andy once fell asleep, like passed out drunk on a chair next to the fridge. And I padlocked the top of his shirt together because I thought it was really funny. <laughs> and I forgot and went to bed. And the next morning, he just had to piss himself <laughs> because he couldn't get Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> I just padlocked him to the fridge by the shirt collar. <gasps> Whoa. Oh, <laughs> my. Sorry, Andy. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so I. I guess her advice is, at least you weren't that guy. still my friend, but it's a sort of, you know, uh, yeah, I I, I used to be, I think I fancied him when I was at uni, that's why I used to do awful things to him. Like once he (laughs) was, he'd gone on a date with this girl and like, I was sort of jealous, but didn't want to admit that I was jealous. What I did do was empty a box of Frosties in his bed. (laughs) (laughs) When he brought her back. Wow. That's amazing. I'm sorry, Andy. What a passion killer. Yeah. <laughs> now, I heard the sex was great. <laughs> I mean, you can't not end on that note. Sorry sorry about your fucking shoes, but you can find them on eBay. Oh, I would love to thank uh, Angela Barnes for bringing oh, us. Thank you for having me. It's so much fun. Let's do it Show again. Soon. Yes, please. Showcasing a little bit of your brain, but mostly putting up with uh, our very first necrophilia case. Yay! Um, wow, I hate to segue from that, but Angela, is there anything you'd like to plug? <laughs> Um, what when have you I'm got dead, going on? leave me alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, that's well, my, actually, that's actually, my, my th- th- it's quite apt because um, my new series on Radio 4, oh, yeah. uh, which is the second series of my show, and it's called You Can't Take It With You, and it's oh, about, yeah. yes. um, the first series was about my dad, and it was about how uh, when we die, people put things in coffins to go on your final journey with yeah. you. Yeah. And um, when my dad, I went a bit mad putting things in the, to the point where it's like, we're going to have to take him out. Um, <laughs> so much stuff and so I've been researching recently so the next series is sort of on the same theme but um, I've been looking at other kind of burial customs and things and um, there was a couple that were really there there was one in um, I think it was in some Amazonian tribe they still do this now it's called funerary cannibalism and what they do they cremate the 
bodies and then they mix the ashes with banana paste and eat Yes, them. I have heard of this. So, yum, 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 yum. I just don't <laughs> like bananas. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I like that that's where you draw the line. Yeah. Um, Can it be a papaya? I'm sure you or... could do it with other fruit. <laughs> just a bit of apple. Like. Um, Not really big on fruit and veg. <laughs> and there's another one oh. just that I thought was funny. in Taiwan... Um, it, a lot of status is about how many people come to your funeral oh. so you have to do things to attract people to your oh. funeral and so they have dedicated funeral strippers oh what no. no. that's the thing you can hire funeral strippers because more people will come to your funeral if there are strippers I would have gone to my granddad's if- <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's Radio 4. Uh, you can't take it with you. I'm not, I haven't got broadcast dates yet, but keep an eye out. Oh, yes. that's that's amazing. Amazing. Also, it's good to know that that could be a second job for me. Funeral stripper. Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.